0: So naturalists observe, a flea hath smaller fleas that on him prey, and these have smaller fleas to bite him, and so proceed ad infinitum. Thus every poet in his kind is bit by him that comes behind. Jonathan Swift, On Poetry There is something parasitic about the interpretive enterprise be it either in what we call academic or cultural reception. Indeed, Cahilleth has been subject to all manner of biting, and it is a miracle that he has survived. His most influential interpreters have not escaped harm either, particularly Jerome. But then it is entirely Cahilleth's fault. His story is simply too good for us fleas to pass up. Too inviting a feast lies before us. This is exemplified by the majority of instances that make up this commentary, in which readers from innumerable contexts have recognized Ecclesiastes as existentially valuable and simply charming. Above all, Ecclesiastes presents a profoundly ambiguous and yet oddly compelling argument, one that rests on Cahilleth's own self-portrait and which demands decisions from readers. The dark terrain it surveys and demanding concepts it clarifies are rarely comfortable, which makes its magnetism all the more puzzling. As Carol Newsom observes, Ecclesiastes makes people profoundly uncomfortable, a fact that renders its reception history particularly fascinating. Ecclesiastes' interpretive history discloses some salient features, First, readers have habitually engaged less with the complexities of Caheleth's words, and more with Caheleth himself. This is partly due to what John Patterson diagnosed as Keheleth's eye trouble, that overbearing sense of self that fills nearly every passage. The portrait is a seductive one, drawn with great detail and conviction— and Caheleth's path to wisdom has proved irresistible to his legion readers, on whose imaginations his persona has been indelibly inscribed. Second, Ecclesiastes exhibits both extremes and inescapably iterative themes, which is highlighted by O. Loritz's identification of 21.2% of its verses as thematic. Its very content has thus often effectively limited readers' responses to polarities, mostly, to be sure, of Hebel, a word that appears some thirty-eight times and that signifies at the least a deficit situation. Third, such responses have appeared with surprising regularity through the centuries. Indeed, most of the main ideas that modern interpretation ascribes to Caheleth, suggests Michael V. Fox can be found with differing emphases in the interpretations of the earliest exegetes, a fact that seems to show that the essential themes of the book are clear. Not only have the themes been relatively clear, but the hermeneutical issues that continue to vex Kahalith and generally biblical studies surfaced surprisingly early on. So, for example, Gregory of Nyssa grapples with whether or not Keheleth was a real or fictive author. The Karaite commentator Yefet ben Ali observes that Keheleth identifies himself as I in chapter 1, verse 12, explicitly for the purpose of grounding his argument in experience. A. V. Deveau anticipates a wealth of philological study in his richly detailed 234 page essay on the subject. It is worth noting some territories that will not be explored in this commentary. Ecclesiastes' elusive structure is sparingly touched on in these pages, but it is fairly comprehensively covered in other literature. Theories of direct influence, be it Hellenistic or Persian, etc., or of so-called Aramaisms in Keheleth's Hebrew, have enjoyed a long academic life. Indeed, late 19th and early 20th century studies were particularly enamored with the idea of Keheleth's Greek ideological, if not genetic, parentage, and those studies still raise stimulating questions.